Um, hello and welcome to Nito the Podcast, where we have our first guest ever, hmm. Mr. Josh Franks. Josh Franks. Glad to be here. <laughs> and then also with us, you know, the, the normal crew, we have uh, Mr. Vigil, Mr. Tackett. Hello. Hello. And we all have microphones. We do, yeah. We announced that at the tail end of last week's episode, but in case you missed it, you probably I'm going to turn the AC and, off. And somehow we managed to add a fourth mic. Oh, and take off my headphones. So in other words, I think you could say... Uh, you guys are doing good! <laughs> Whoever let Adam make a soundboard was <coughs> brilliant. We'll be taking Adam's soundboard away after this episode. <laughs> so enjoy it, Adam, while you can. While you can. Uh, today's topic uh, is the 48-hour film festival. We participated in the Oklahoma City uh, 48-hour film festival. Good times. Even though we don't live in Oklahoma City. Mm. Yes. We live in Tulsa. But uh, they don't have that in Tulsa. So we went to Oklahoma City, and we participated. And that's what we're going to talk about. And Franks was our director on the project. So, Franks, tell uh, tell us a little bit about what we did. Yeah, so the Oklahoma City 48-hour film festival, um, basically it's a bunch of uh, filmmakers, some aspiring filmmakers, some professional filmmakers, coming together to make a film in 48 hours. Um, there's a couple stipulations. The, uh, you have to choose a category out of a hat. We chose, yeah. what did we choose? We chose road trip road movie and school movie yeah road movie and school <laughs> the movie. most like i've never it's heard of like just genres yeah i've never heard of like you know you got horror drama action road the, those movie. are the genres yeah. that they think of when they're like we're out of genres yeah what are we gonna do um, More genres. two uh, two words together road movie. movie it's <laughs> like when they're like trying to figure out a thing and the guy is just like looking at r- things around him in the room like uh, school uh, movie, yeah, <laughs> like the Peter Griffin, yeah, P tier shopping cart roof guy, <laughs> roof shopping cart. So, what was you guys' um, first initial thoughts when you heard what we drew? Well, oh, what do you think the consensus was? We had a, uh, in my opinion, a really like fleshed out idea. Um, that um, I won't spoil it because maybe we'll do it sometime later. Um, but it was a, an idea that was like, okay, it's really simple. It has like just a few actors and like one location. So I was like 99% down to do that one. And it just didn't fit either of those genres. So right. I was like, oh, what are we going to do? Like I was kind of pissed. But. I feel like we had five ideas that we could probably incorporate into any of the genres. And none of them worked. Yeah. Like literally yeah. like, well, and we, when we legitimately started from scratch, which is, you know, it's kind of cool. I think that's actually interesting, the fact that we started almost with nothing. Yeah. I was I was in, at the movies because, you know, I was trying to – I think what we did best this year was we minimized the amount of people that were, like, on the writing front than what we did last year. So I was like, I'm just going to step out. They'll, they'll get it, and they'll figure it out. And when you guys texted that we got the road movie or school movie, I was like, oh, well, we're screwed. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, okay. school movie, we don't – we can't have access. Like nobody like was like, oh yeah, let me get access to a school before Actually, the forty eight. Actually, did mention that he had access to a school. Apparently, but he's the custodian. Yeah. At, at uh, is he really? Is that why? I think he's like the custodial engineer there. Is this? What does that mean? Uh, it's just a fancy term for you lay down toilets. the mix. Yeah. <laughs> it's <a> fancy term. <laughs> well, that, I mean, so that would have been cool. I mean, it, 
it worked out but yeah. those aren't like last year we got drama and spy espionage which are like drama is the most probably generic mm-hmm. other than like action that you could get mm-hmm. yeah we did terrible or, yeah <laughs> i think uh sometimes you have too much freedom to do something and you just try and do everything mm-hmm. i think that's what we did last year yeah and just for the record and to let everybody know we did the 48 last year and it was our first our first time and it did not go well i think most people involved like we it's hard to say because by the by the standards of the competition it was a, a good film yeah, you know? it got third, but for us, our standards. I, we haven't released it. It wasn't. It just wasn't a good. Uh, you know, no one was confident that it was a positive reflection of of what our actual skills are as yeah writers and stuff like that. It yeah. was just very. You could tell it was. We tried to do too much, I think. But yeah, it was our it was our first shot. It was our first ever attempt at a forty eight hour film festival. We didn't plan before and like. Most, I think Adam was the only person who had ever done one before that, yeah. right? Out of the entire team, out of like the other twenty something and people. So it was, yeah, we were just we were just noobs. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. But I had a blast that weekend. So to me, it was it wasn't a wasted weekend. Like I had fun. I mean, there were some, you know, there were some stressful moments, but I had fun overall doing it. And it was, I mean, if you watch the the BTS video of that weekend, it's just it's craziness that yeah. happened, and it's just kind of fun to watch, but. I don't know if it, I don't, I don't think that's been put out online yet, that BTS, no, it, yet, right? No, no, not the BTS. I think yeah. Cole worked on it for a solid seven months, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You, well, can, we, you can actually, it's funny, because you can find the film on the 48's website, oh, yeah. because it's, it, oh, yeah. it's you know, they have first, second, and third, and they have the links to it, and so you can actually find that, the version that we submitted, but... We're talking about last year's version, just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. You can find it there. Like mm-hmm. it, but it's just kind of painful to watch. So there were a couple more um, stipulations to go along with the 48. First, we had the genres, and then we had, what was the next one? A prop that we yep. had to use. And it was a clothespin, which is interesting because a lot of people don't know the clothespin is actually called a C47 in the film industry. So it's kind of. Whoever thought of that, I thought that was kind of. I thought it was unique. a good prop, yeah, because, and clever. And I think they probably has to be a stipulation when they're doing a prop, but like it needs to be something that anyone can get a hold of for like almost zero dollars, yeah, or under five dollars. Last year's was a greeting card. I right. mean, you could like make one and print it out. Like, right. It's so. I mean, that was. I thought it was a good prop, and I feel like everybody had a pretty interesting. I mean, not not everybody. Know, <laughs> everybody honest. everybody utilized it other than maybe two of the film like out of the 10 that we watched like yeah everyone pretty much utilized the clothespin but so. nobody used it the way that like i ours like was almost the center of the film yeah mm-hmm. like and if you think about it like we based a lot of everything off of the clothespin a lot of other people would just like put the clothespin on something right whereas like with ours like he's a clothespin salesman so it's part of the whole story yeah. in a way so you can't like it, it the typical thing is if a film does really well <clears throat> it always gets criticized like they did that beforehand or that's like the they kind of went outside the rules and produced stuff beforehand right i think that's the one thing that you can't say with us because our plot heavily revolves around the things that they gave us yeah so like the line was like the pivotal kind of like transition moment of the 
the whole short film mm-hmm. and then the clothes pins and all the stuff is like if you if we didn't have those things it would be a completely different mm-hmm. movie each of those i think were very like not done in passing like they're very intentional like that line where like he picks up his suitcase and goes like regional like that's a part that's like it's memorable mm-hmm. and that's funny the whole obviously the clothespins in general and then like you said it's a good transitions point like well that was a lie like i feel like I, I mean we only when we went and watched this past weekend we only saw like nine but i feel like out of those nine we used all of those three things in a very intentional way not like a say it in passing or show it in passing right or like some people um other teams integrated the prop like at the end, like in the credits sequence. Mm-hmm. So it was like just checking off the the box and not really making it a part of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, just to mention though, so we had the prop. There was a prop, a line, and a character. Mm-hmm. And uh, the prop was a clothespin. The line was, well, that was a lie. And the character that we had to use was Ethan Rain, regional sales manager. Yeah. So anyway, just to get that out of the way for whoever hasn't ever heard yeah. of a 48-hour film fi- film contest or never maybe not experienced with one but i thought those were pretty easy to integrate i mean the character is like you just name someone that character the fact yeah. that they like gave him a title was kind of made it a little trickier but for we us. just kind of rolled with it and we're like okay cool they're on a sales trip right like what i thought was interesting was when i watched when we watched all those films back if you notice all the films incorporated or had multiple actors like some of, some of them had up to 12 people at one time in the room and in these 48-hour film festivals, the one thing that's really noticeable from a technical standpoint is the lack of clean audio. Oh, my God. Yeah. And when you have 12 people in a room or, you know, even four to five for that matter, someone's getting left out. And, and everybody's people. throwing lines. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that was actually one of the most smartest things we did personally. It was just two actors, really strong actors, yeah. not just someone we just threw on screen like – Jones and Hightower are like probably the best in the state, in my opinion, for what they do. And they work really well together. And they work really well together. So I I feel like a lot of teams could probably learn a little bit kind of from our approach, maybe moving forward. I mean, not saying that. Less is more. Look at us. But um, yeah, I feel like for us, less was definitely more in this case. And, you know, I think it showed. You know, we look at all the films and without being biased, I felt like technically and just overall story, ours was definitely probably the strongest out of our group i can't speak for the other groups but i was thinking about the character ethan rain though did anyone else use a regional sales manager that was like he's actually his character is actually a sales manager no it was i can't think of another one i mean i guess the closest Um, would have been the one with like the the lady the red not the red room but the the dark room where she was actually like at a desk and was like a regional sales manager but there was no like that's pretty good yeah that's that's pretty close yeah but I feel like other than that, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm all, um, not only am I a spy, I'm also a salesman. Yeah, but yeah. it's always really? just thrown in at the end. Yeah. Or it was just a side character who, like, knocks on the door, and then they're like, it was like a cameo. Or right. it was just injected into their script somehow without having any relevance. Like, one of them was the lady who was selling something at a garage sale. It's yeah. Like, that's not what a salesman, that's just a human. Exactly. Humans <laughs> have garage sales. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, with ours... We kept it really simple, and then when you keep your when you're not struggling to shoot the concept, you have extra time to shoot the simple concept really well and to focus on like the quality of it as opposed to just like okay we got to hurry up and we got to get to the next seven locations or the next whatever. So when you're just in a simple, we had two locations really, 
Um, one was just inside the car and like out in the middle of nowhere. And the other location was just in a forest. So there's not really a lot of time traveling back and forth. Not like shuttling different people because you only had two actors. Yeah. One camera. Zero lighting setup, which was interesting. I didn't really think about that till afterwards. Like, Yeah, we didn't we turn had, a single light on. We had no uh, lighting. So it was all 100% natural light. And then, um, so when you have, when you're really minimalistic, you have time when you're not worrying about, because it could have taken two hours to set up a sophisticated lighting scenario and yeah. like inside a house or mm-hmm. something. Um, but when you don't, when you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, it gets really um, easy to focus on the quality and the technical stuff as opposed to, you know, we have you know, 10 more minutes to finish lighting setup and then we have to roll. Otherwise we're going to miss our window at our next location or, or whatever. Right. We're going to make this actor have to go home or something like that. But I feel like it also gave Hightower a chance to kind of like figure out his character. Cause I don't know if you were in the, were you in the car when we were doing the first scene? Oh yeah. You were, yeah. So Hightower, you know, like when we first started, I feel like he was trying to figure out what and how his character just looks, feels, acts yeah. And I would say, like, based, like, piggybacking off what you're saying, Adam, is, like, the fact that we didn't spend an hour or two hours trying to light something, he got to spend that extra time doing extra takes in the beginning. Because I would say the car scene actually took us four times as long as any other thing yeah. the rest of the day. Just getting the rig right, the lines right, the sun right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was that was quite yeah. the challenge. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like you got one way on a road, and then you got to go all the way back, and you can't film that way. Because mm-hmm. the lighting, and it, I mean, it was, and it was the first thing we were doing. The camera was overheating because we had a lot of the monitor. We had a, you know, a little camera as opposed to our bigger camera set up on a dashboard. So obviously, I can't see it. Um, and so we had this monitor set up that was working fine for a while, and then it just the cord shorted. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we literally shot that car scene without even seeing what we were shooting. Yeah, like Adam's out there, like trying to like look through the windshield i mean it's like 10 o'clock now so like the sun is out and it is and it's the middle of i mean summer so it's it was like 90 something degrees outside and he's just like looking through like trying to focus like through the windshield and you know we missed like we had a really good like two or three takes and we're like all right let's play it back and we like oh it wasn't rolling something with the monitor like didn't it just wouldn't record didn't play back right so we missed like probably 30 minutes of takes yeah I feel like it's something that I was kind of thinking about during that weekend was, um, and also when we were watching the the finished films, was like the idea that the creative is important, but the technical is almost like way much more of a separator, the actual technical mm. aspects. Yeah. Like we could have a good concept, but if we run into this technical challenge, like rigging a car or cameras overheating or not knowing how to properly mic somebody that's where all the films fell flat yeah. was almost on the technical side more than the creative yeah and, and it kind of mm-hmm. made me think about how important the technical side is in a weird like i never thought about it so much but i was like dang well like, and well, i think what's even like like at, like on the technical side even more than video i think is like audio mm-hmm. like, i i can visually i can get past something that doesn't look like it was lit right or was shot on like a dslr with like a kit lens like i can get past that if the audio is okay but if you have terrible audio then which is a case for about 
90 percent of those films. yeah I, mean, I remember us last year i mean granted we we didn't have barely anything last year but you know it was i mean the hissing and like just mm-hmm. the the levels we didn't have time to do and it was yeah i and that's why i was like so glad this year that like we focused so heavily on making sure that the audio was good because we never like that's we're like no it has to look really good it right. has to be pretty and it's like well yeah it doesn't matter if it looks pretty if you can't hear anything or it like because it's so distracting like mm. hissing and like just dropouts and like if somebody's not talking and you dip their mic it's just dead I right think, like visually like visuals are totally creatively subjective mm-hmm. like you could yeah, have it grainy and like oh it just looks like it was shot on film or you could have the colors any which way and it's just that, you know, person's creative, like, choice. creative choice. Audio is not subjective. Yeah, it's either good or If you hear a hiss in the background, that's never supposed to be there. Yeah. If, if you hear, like, Unless it's a snake. the mics popping or something, <laughs> yes, exactly. that's never supposed to be there. That's if true. You, if you unless hear, it's popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, unless it's popcorn. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep coming up with it. Uh, so when you have, like, video and stuff, it or, like, the visuals are, you can, you can tell a movie is going to be bad or a, a short film is going to be bad just by the audio in the first second and a half of the film mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at the before the you know visuals even register in your brain as being good or bad yeah. you can all, you can tell audio first um so yeah it's definitely like the thing when you know if a film had decent audio that we were watching the other day it was like okay it's probably going to be decent film but if it if it started out with like a crackle, like oh, this is gonna be bad. Yeah. Well, I was watching uh, Stranger Things the other night, and I was thinking about audio because I've been thinking a lot about it since the film. And I was noted, I was kind of like paying attention to just the dialogue and kind of listening, like what what makes them sound like you know a class level. Mm-hmm. And I was noticing that like the there's not a lot of ambient sound. Like it's very quiet as far as like when it comes to the ambient, mm-hmm. the, the level of the, the room compared to the dialogue itself. And so it kind of made me think about like, I don't know how next time, how can we capture like absolute clean signal and then like only add in our own ambient when we want to. And, and that's tricky because like we were out in the forest and yeah. uh, cause I remember talking to my dad about it and he was like, yeah, there's um, you know, the forest sound is, in, is baked into the mic. Like I can't turn down the forest sound because it's all one signal. Yeah, the, and, like the bugs and yeah, the like chirping, yeah, the and cicadas all. and all that cicadas. stuff. So <laughs> I'm like, I I don't know if there if it's is that like a you would probably know the most about this. Is that like the quality of the actual mic itself that picks up less background noise or like what? How could we improve that on our next go around? Well, and one thing that I think helped us a ton, and I think this is something I actually fought you on in the beginning because like last year we did, we had like one mic that like really worked. And then we had, I think a boom and we just focused so much on using the lapel. When I say mic, I meant like lapel mic. And I was like, and this year like we have bunch of them and that's what we use and i was like no like we, we're gonna mic both of them up and it's gonna be great it's gonna sound good and then just after micing up high tower and in the first scene in the car i was like we should okay let's just let's just try boom and then just realizing how good the boom sounded and then that's i mean we left a mic on high tower because he was the lead and had the most lines and just kept a lapel on him the whole day and then just boomed the rest of everything and that's all that i mean 
and the, our boom is like a $600 boom. Like it's mm-hmm. not anything crazy. I think it's like a standard like Sennheiser or something or other. But I think that sounded way better than our like, you know, $800, $900 lapel kits with our $300 mm-hmm. microphones on them. Like, Well, what I guess what I'm wondering though is like, like we know we've rented Justin's kit before, or right. I think it's actually John's kit, but Justin has a kit that he was telling me is like he he literally has the best gear. Yeah, you could pass possibly have, and I think he said it was worth like it was like twenty five or twenty grand. yeah twenty twenty five grand, and so my, I guess my question is like, what are you what are you paying for when you get when you pay twenty five grand for an audio kit? What a, what extra? I mean, level would he be if let's say we were using his kit? What I mean, would the difference be? His kit is running into like a mixer mm-hmm. and a um, like and something that like a ducking. Yeah, like he can he can EQ things before it even goes into the mixer, and it's got like trim level. I mean, it's it, when you have twenty five thousand dollars in a pack worth of audio gear, yeah, it's gonna sound way better, but. It also sounds way better because it's not going into camera and you have somebody monitor, monitoring it mm-hmm. and using as simple as like uh, a special um, like foam thing to put the lapel through for like scenes where they're outside and there's going to be rubbing so you don't hear. I mean, there's just like, and that's the thing just that none of, us, yeah. none of us would ever say like, I'm really good at doing onset audio. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates it. Like nobody, and that's why like if you bring on somebody like, Justin who has his own kit and knows it and understands the knowledge and like in like in a situation where like you know if Adam if we were shooting something and you're like it's too dark you would know what to do with the certain pieces that we have right if we're listening to audio and we hear a scratching we're just like well let's just try yeah. moving it yeah like nobody it's, knows that, so, that's what I I do think is like that's one thing we could do next year is like we just have one person mm-hmm. like like Justin maybe who is like they're just an audio fanatic and they've got the gear. They're also, like you said, just thinking only about that. Yeah. And yeah. can just like problem solve on the on the fly. If you and have somebody as focused as a, a DP is on visuals, if you have somebody who's just as talented and just as invested in audio, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And then what you were saying earlier <clears throat> about like how do they get it so like it, it like how Stranger Things mm-hmm. was your example? Yeah. Um, a lot of these bigger, I don't think Stranger Things, but I'm thinking of like Lord of the Rings or something. A lot of these bigger budget movies with stuff outdoors, they're all on a soundstage too. Mm. So yeah. there is no animals to compete with. A lot I've of also heard, I mean, I know this is like a, a uh, I forgot the word, but anyway, we, we, always, we always joke about ADR sucking. How'd they sound? It's pretty noisy. We might have to ADR the scene. That's not an option. It never works, and it sounds like shit. I'm not doing that. But um, <laughs> I've heard a lot that, like, the highest budget stuff, they ADR stuff. Yeah. Be, yeah. To get an ax- a studio-perfect sound yeah. that they can then add exactly whatever ambient they want. But they, like, I've seen an ADR studio, because me and my dad have talked about it. Like, they're set up for ADR, and that's what this studio mainly does. And so they've got this screen... They've got the person who's doing the ADR is looking at the monitor of the shot of themselves and the engineer is running, looping, get it until they get perfect and then putting that perfect take in. Yeah. And it's like, so God, I think... How monotonous can that be? I Jeez. mean, you could get a perfect, you know, captured zero noise type of sound mm-hmm. dialogue, but there's no way you could do that in 48. So it's like, yeah. there's, there's a... like People tried. A feature, yeah. 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 Oh, there yeah. was one that was entirely ADR, I think. Yeah. Um, they're 
like if you watch interviews with actors or something there there's that's just like a common step in, mm-hmm. in making a movie is okay now it's time like it's i'm doing a month of adr not yeah, a month but, but back like, in now it's adr week or something <laughs> so they're there for 12 hours a day sometimes just adring their entire film my like dad uh, tom cruise or somebody's just in there grunting or doing his whatever <laughs> like his running or whatever and every line is adr just for safety so if something happens and they, they just swap it out and he he's good at mimicking himself you know yeah so you see bts of him saying the line on set while he's running and then him in the booth saying it with the same inflection same right you know yelling it's, or quiet whisper yeah they're just good at that That's adr like is really the trick of adr because we've done it with like auto attack and you know inserts like vocal inserts is is at the acting itself like yeah almost more than the matching the mic like yeah. if you can match the mic that's good but it's the acting yeah. i was gonna say my dad um there we got he got this call from a company uh from i think they're in the uk or whatever that made this liam neeson film that just came out and it's the one if you if you go look up liam neeson it's like his latest film where he's like he lives in this like snowy area climate and someone like kidnaps and kills his son. And he has to, it's kind of like, so like every, it's like every Liam Neeson yeah. movie. <laughs> so anyway, I guess it wasn't Liam Neeson, but one of the actors Taken was uh, named William Forsyth was like coming through Tulsa. And so they needed someone in Tulsa to record his lines and it was ADR, but it was the ADR for the clean version of the film. For oh, like what you yeah. watch on airplanes. Oh yeah. So I guess it was like Dad nab it. Da- yeah, it was like <laughs> Dad gum it. You know that kind of stuff. That's and hilarious. so my dad tracked this guy for that movie, saying all the clean lines. That's funny. So it wasn't like you know right. it wasn't like corrective ADR, but it was like clean into that. Just watch this because this is like oh yeah. Like this just goes to show like what it what takes place. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That kind of stuff. So, like, it's just like that's what he's going full out. Yeah, and I, I like that's to me that's super that's cool Mm -hmm. because it's so different than standing in front of a microphone in like a living room and just being like. Oh wow! Okay, no, he's in that room. Open right. the refrigerator. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fully into it. Like yeah. he was fully acting it out because that's the only way he could get back into that. Yeah. Spot. I did receive a, uh, and I won't name name any names, uh, but an interesting Facebook message about one of the teams having an audio guy oh, yeah. from Jurassic Park, and. You know, sometimes I, I I try not to take those things too seriously because it's just like, yeah, we got this guy. He's from Jurassic Park, and he does all these Hollywood movies. He's going to do our audio. No big deal. And I remember reading it and being like, this guy's so foolish. <laughs> and sure, sure enough, we get to time to view the film, and which one do you think was the worst audio out of all of them? It was pretty darn close. Yeah. If it wasn't the worst, it was probably the it second the to worst. Third. It was second or third worst. There was two that were worse. Yeah. But it was like a competition <laughs> to see how worse can we get at yeah. times, especially related to audio. We already talked about audio being bad, but yeah. Yeah. it was all bad. I just couldn't – you can't yeah. personally send me a message about, hey, just so you know, better watch out. we got a Jurassic Park guy. No big deal. Yeah. And then you get to the film and your audio suck, and then you follow up your Facebook message with like, 
Well. Oh, I didn't know there was a follow up. Yeah, there was a follow up message. Oh man. Well, and that, that's, and so that's like one thing that I was just thinking about, like before we did this podcast. Like, I had I had a good time. Like, it was it was fun. It was obviously hot, and it was a ton of work, and I was happy with the product. But then, like when we went and watched, it was almost like, are we just a bunch of tryhards? Like, did we just because I feel like a lot of these people who did this, they, they just had a blast. Like, and you can tell, like, in the mm-hmm. audience. Like, they were just loving it. Like, watching their own film on that screen. Like, mm-hmm. they just, like, they had a great time. And it was almost just, like, like that's so cool that they are, like, just enjoying their film. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if they had bad audio. It doesn't matter if the shots were weird. For them, that was what it was. And then I was like, well, what did I do it for? And I was like, well, I did it for... I did it to, to be the best. But, and then I was like, well, I should, be, I, like I be should I even be a part of this? Because I feel like a lot of the people, they're just, I, it's a competition. But I think if for them, it's, you know, we are lucky enough to do this as like our nine to five or more like six to midnight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we all have a standard that we, I think, have set and we want to be the best at what we do. And then when we enter something like this, it's almost like like we're ruining it for other people by trying too hard. And that's why I was like, do I like do I just thinking in the future, like, do I want to do this next year? Or do I would I rather just work with the same crew of people not on a deadline and make something for festivals just for us? that is actually from film festivals mm-hmm. not just like a 48 <clears throat> hour something yeah what are your guys' thoughts that's what no go that, ahead. yeah that's what we've kind of been talking about the last like week or so and, and after it was when i saw those <laughs> other films that i i thought about like not in a negative way but i was just like i think that like we may not win the competition there's yeah. a couple no films there's that some might that are great films just good. from the one of the trailers i watched i was like he's probably gonna beat us out yeah which is totally cool, but aside of like maybe a few, most of the films were just not professional level, mm-hmm. and we're kind of like trying to operate at a professional level. So I was just thinking, man, I think we need to get into a tougher competition where like yeah. maybe we're the worst. Yeah. yeah. Because if we're the worst, Thing it's gonna just... like only drive us up. Exactly. Instead of saying like, oh, let's just you know let's be the best in a competition and like we'll always stay right here because we'll we never grow you don't want to be that guy that's like showboating in a 48 hour film festival right. like that's like <laughs> to me that's just like you're you're bra- like you're bragging in a 48 hour mm-hmm. yeah. festival like i think the redeeming part of the whole process is the film festival the way this particular one works it's a national competition actually international competition but this was just like stage 1 yeah. So there's the Oklahoma City one, which I think in the state of Oklahoma is the only um, one. Yeah, I believe so. And so you, if you win that one, you go to like a, a national um, film Filmapalooza. Yeah. You go to a national film festival, which obviously if it's the winners of each one, they're going to be, you would assume, like quality at that point. And yeah. then I think if you win that one, or maybe that's the, I know there are films that's from other countries too. That's the end of that too. one, but if... Um, um, they will, not just the winner, but they will submit a handful of those of the city winners, a handful of them, they will submit two cans for you. So oh, that's submit what you it to is. Cans. And then, but other than that, like there's yeah. a winner of that. Too, yeah. So which is pretty cool. if you think about it that way, it's a little bit more, I mean, it makes me feel better 
like there's a chance for I'm not I definitely I'm not saying like that you're you know I think it's kind of dumb to assume that you're ever going to win anything but um the the film that wins our city is whether it's us or a different team it's going to be a good film mm-hmm. so that you know it's going to comp- go and have a life afterwards and compete against other films that are possibly way better yeah than so I think it with that and then um like afterwards my wife was like I don't think you guys should do this again next year cuz yeah. she was kind of like this is like for the same thing you were saying it's like it's not it's not doing anything for you guys it's like you're you're having fun mm-hmm. and you're uh you know you have a a movie in, or in 2 days yeah. but other than that it's like almost a waste of time because it's not really like sharpening our skills and it's not um like we make you know we make mo- stuff like this every day yeah um like for clients or for brands and stuff so for us it's like the technical stuff or editing something really fast or shooting something on like a you know a quick timeline is not new at all for us and it's not it's not a a crazy feat or a crazy uh accomplishment either to do it so for us it's like well what's the the point so I, I think we were talking about doing like other film festivals too that yeah extend our time and really challenge us. I guess there's and there's a ceiling with a forty eight like because you you only have forty eight hours. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna look at short films that you know were shot over the course of two or three weeks or you know features that were shot for months and months and and assume like you can't look at those and judge yourself against that mm. because. Yeah, you know that's what we were mentioned. We were mentioning like maybe sending this to other stuff. Like, I kind of don't think we should because the fact that to me it's not fair to put our forty-eight hour film against other yeah. films that have had zero timeline, like yeah. zero like months restriction. Of, yeah. So I'm like, that's where I was like, hey, let's just let's write another script that we absolutely love, all mm-hmm. of us love, and let's take the time to do cr- like full out pre-production set design me and adam were talking about this yesterday like the set design the pre-production the casting before we ever shoot a single frame and then the you know and then spending time on post like doing if we need to doing visual effects Mm -hmm. doing a score all that kind of stuff yeah simple just stuff that like i think i I just want to see how far we can get like i want to see what what our ceiling actually is because then we'll know and maybe the, after the second one we do, we'll, we'll get better and improve. Right. You know? I know, Brandon, you and I have talked about this, and I think you guys have been in this conversation too. Like, I really think that Retro or Sticky Pixel, whatever we brand it as, should do our own film festival. Yeah. Like, there's not a Tulsa film festival that's worth a crap right now. And if there is one, I don't know about it. No, I don't think there is. I know about Dead Center. Is that Oklahoma City? I think it's an Oklahoma City thing. Okay. But, like... It's not like a... I, I, I think what we had talked about was, like, how Oklahoma City has their like 48 like mm-hmm. doing a Tulsa like with not the saying Oklahoma City people couldn't come up and do it but not a 48 but just something where it's like it's for probably people our age in that are semi-professional to like the even, even like college students yeah too. Jeez. yeah just something that it doesn't have a time limit but it is able like your people are able to Put it, you know, enter it into something. Like I don't know, like what the I don't know, awards or anything. We, but I think we know enough people in the industry where we could have like judges or something that would 
you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to have this person, like, judge or talk about my film. And that's, like, with film festivals, too. It's like, you'll get, like, feedback, and you'll know, like, what worked and what didn't. Whereas, like, with what we did this weekend, it's just like, oh, yeah, you either got you either got an award or you didn't. Like, there's nobody, mm-hmm. like, tra- like, trying to... There's no community there that is, like, I don't think, and I've never seen, that is bettering and being like, hey, that was awesome. Maybe next year. Or, like, maybe try this. Or, like, what do you think about this? Like, mm-hmm. there's no, like, collaboration among that. And, like, it'd be so cool to have that, like, in Tulsa rather than people doing a 48 who think that they have the best team ever and that they're going to kill it. And it's, like it's way more of a competition than it is like a community coming together and like multiple people making something cool and then like talking about it and like getting excited about what other people did. A part of me likes the 48 idea just because it keeps the momentum high. Like think about it. Like we all got together, we crashed course it through a weekend. The next weekend we watched the film and then like everything happens in a very small amount of time, which I think excites people because it's doable for them. Like, Mm. Not a lot of people have the mm-hmm. access to the computers as much as we do, and like just can just kind of trickle, right? You know, mm-hmm. trickle around on um, edits. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, we can talk about it more, but I feel like um, a forty-eight wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really feel like we could do it good, like really well done. Like uh, the Circle Cinema, um, Amy Abby Curian. I think mm-hmm. her husband is like owns it or is a general manager or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very, like, they're super invested with that community. Oh, yeah. I know they have lots of contacts. So I think it's a matter of like I think putting a, something on paper. It's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. I, to me, like the value in the idea you guys are talking about is creating more of a film community in Tulsa. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot of people there, but they're not necessarily connected right now. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, if we want to do this film that we're talking about where not, you know, no time limit, but we create a film for the purpose of making a great film. How many people outside of our you know, our company, do you guys actually know that could help with the film and specialize in certain areas? Like, I couldn't name very many people. You mean to help on our film? Yeah, like, I'm saying, like, if we wanted to expand our crew and have a a large crew to make this thing great, how many people do you guys actually know? A lot. I mean, but... I mean, he's a producer. Yeah, I'm just saying, like... I'm saying, like, we're not... It's not very connected, is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like... Or if you go to, like, a Dallas or, like, a... New Mexico, like where the the film community is large, like there's people everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because no one stepped up. Ten years ago, there was a Tulsa Addies. Actually, it's been less than ten years ago now, and it just didn't. We just didn't have the develop like a big enough film community to keep it going, mm-hmm. and it was just poorly managed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why everyone started going to Oklahoma City, you know, advertising awards, and then you know, film stuff. It's like, oh, we'll just go to Oklahoma City and do it. And Tulsa will, you know, whatever. We've got the film incentive now to where they will reimburse, I think, up to like 30% of your film. And then apparently something happened. I don't know exactly. My dad was trying to explain it to me, but something with Kevin Stitt where he's saying like four to eight. Yeah, he'll do even more. Like, I think there wasn't even a limit. He's like, if I like if I'm interested in what the concept you guys are doing, like I might just like I'll write you a check. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got the. So then you talk, you know, you go from producing something in L.A. where, like, they basically don't want you to produce anything there because there's yeah. so many people trying to do it. And they basically, it's like almost like they find you yeah. for, for wanting to make a film. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, we're like, we'll pay you to make a film. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we kind of want that growth here. Yeah. So it's a cool idea, the the idea of us doing a film festival. I mean, I, 
personally, I want to make a film before I make a film festival. Right. But I mean, it's just yeah. it's a cool it's cool to just think about you know like not that we have any free time, but um, how would we would we brand it like a Sticky Pixel Film Festival? <laughs> I, I think Sticky Pixel is like one of the coolest names, <laughs> just in general, like our logo and like. I've always I think wondered. It's really cool. I've always wondered, like, because uh, at a forty-eight hour film festival, you get a certain level of quality, just regardless, because you know no one can make a masterpiece in forty-eight hours. So I wonder how much would, but you need to have that weekend. Everyone can give up a weekend. Mm-hmm. Most people, yeah. Maybe not dedicate months to a like really stellar short film though, and and have the you know, the endurance to kind of like, okay, let's work on this. Let's edit it. Let's go back and, you know, right. reshoot things. So the 48 hours is like, it's, it's what kind of draws people in, mm-hmm. in a way, but then it also limits the quality. Yeah. So I kind of wonder what it would be like to maybe instead of 48 hours, you say like, okay, you have one week yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking about that. Too. Friday so, to Friday. Or yeah. Or yeah. Something Saturday. like that. So you have the limit of like, okay, I'm only investing like a week into this or like a week, like two or three week nights. If you're an actor, you're like, okay, I'm only in a couple scenes, so I'm only doing this for two days. Yeah. So you have, you give teams more time to shoot and to edit and to write. And maybe you have like a whole two days of just writing and pre-pro mm-hmm. and that's still realistic. Yeah. So imagine if we had 48 hours of writing and pre-pro for this. You yeah. Know? Or other teams had 48 hours of post. Right. You know? Or so, then we could actually have focused, like, we could have taken two days or three days to shoot it rather than... Yeah. And, not, and like, not even full days. Like, uh, hey, we're going to go my shoot My only the, thing, though, is I think that you would be running into, like... Now you're almost running into this really big time commitment of, like, you essentially... You have this whole week to do this, but most of these people have to go back to their job yeah. On Monday. I think that... So then you're mo- mainly limited nights at, you know, well, from Monday I think to Friday. Regardless of of whether you're, you were, you know, a mailman or whether you work in the industry, everyone has to go back to work. Yeah. So the issue is, like, um, everyone basically... What you do with this time is your choice. Mm-hmm. So what can you do with that? Same thing with, like, a 48. People have to work during the 48. It's yeah. no different. And so... I think if you extend the time, I think you could probably bump up the quality really well. I mean, there's no excuse. I mean, there it, it's similar, but there's a way less of an excuse if you're late. You know, mm-hmm. if you, oh, I turned. I was. We worked all week, but I turned in the film an hour late. You know, imagine that. Yeah, I think it'd but, be cool if you're doing this week idea. So you get your concept at the same time on Friday, like 7 p.m. or whatever, and then it's due at let's just say Thursday at 7 p.m. or, you know, whatever time, give enough time to the uh, premiere place to actually show the premiere on that next Friday. So, Mm -hmm. like, the premiere is still one week after, like we did, but or maybe it's on Saturday. So you have Friday to Friday, and then the premiere is on Saturday, just like it was with ours, except you have that whole time. Right. So just you give them just enough time to get the files pulled in and, like, queued up for the show. Maybe maybe they need like a day. I don't yeah, know. I mean it can't be that hard, guys. Put it, throw it in pro presenter. Come on. I think it's a cool idea. I mean, <clears throat> being a part of something bigger than yourself, maybe. I don't. I'm kind of rambling. It's, it's but yeah, always, I think you know what I'm talking it's about. It's always being good to people that have a community around. Yeah. something you love. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically a group of people like starting this like 
you know. Cool, yeah. cool club. Oh, real quick. Just so the audience knows, we should probably go around and say, like, what our roles were. Oh, um, yeah. That's a good idea. Franks, why don't we start with you? So, um, I was the director of our short film, Roadblock. But I feel like, collectively, we all had some really good feedback for everyone, which is, I think it's nice to kind of, like, give everyone a voice on something like this. I yeah. think, especially not in a, prof- like, in a professional environment, it's a little bit different. You know, there's definitely more of a hierarchy thing that you kind of have to follow but I actually like the fact that we kind of like all kind of went in on the directorial side mm-hmm. and had some good things to implement well, it was easy because there was only like five of us mm-hmm. on set mm-hmm. besides and then adding in the actors so yeah. it, it was we, we were able to chime in yeah and not have it be overwhelming yeah right um, yeah so directing then I was on the writing team I kind of just sat there more or less and watched you write and kind of like watched you write, but you did a good job, Tackett. So. <laughs> Which leads yeah. us to Tackett. You wrote some stuff. Uh, yeah, you know. Seriously. The end. The end. <laughs> what would you, what'd and you, do, you also edited probably more of the film than I did. That's okay. I yeah. had it in my head. What'd you so, do? Uh, I did the oh. writing side, the, the writing the script. And then a little bit of editing, all the, you know, ingest, all that jazz. You were editing editing in the car while we were shooting. I feel like you spent as long time, as much time trying to figure out the ingestion and the sync as I did editing the entire back half of the film. Guys, you got to slate the damn clips. (laughs) Even if you just say, take one. You're right. (sighs) And I'm an editor. Because I would hear Brandon Jones say a line, and I'm like, he says his line so consistently. He, the way he says his line was so consistent four times in a row. I'm like, I can't... There's something weird happened where you're saying like something was rolling where these ones were cutting. Yeah. I, I don't know. What Are you talking about in the car? Yeah. We had... I, it was the yeah. first... Yeah. It was the first... Yeah, the car was a shit Yeah, it was not... It was the car was painful. Anyway. Uh, was, I was... Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, basically I edited the first scene, but then Franks came in, edited like pretty much the rest of it and then like ended up recutting the first scene. So sometimes that's I'll, helpful, I'll call myself the junior editor on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but I, I do think I set the tone with mm-hmm. my first edit. So, yeah. but, um, which leads to, we found that track, the Marty Robbins track. And then I end up writing a Marty Robbins style track yeah. for the beginning. So that was in fun. like three hours and it sounded incredible and it was hilarious. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was fun. I was nervous in the beginning. I, w- I, like, I really oh, wanted so to close, do, and now we're scoring something. Yeah, I know. I really, I was really adamant about like wanting to add some original music, and everyone fought me on it. You fought me on it. Oh, I fought you. You fought me on, on it. it. Uh, Casey told me she's like, oh, you don't have enough time. You don't have enough time. But my dad was the one that kept saying, "Hey, you really should do it." Yeah. Like he's like, "Just try it." He kept he like I even sent him a voice memo. He's like, "I think I can use your voice memo." Like I think he was just saying that. Because to get me like to yeah. accept the idea of doing it, and then so we ended up doing it well, on and, Sunday. And even because uh, because you edited, I had more time. Of all the that was films the only way that it was possible. We only, we only watched our group, so there's three groups. We watched the uh, nine, I think. Yeah. There was like 28 total, and I think we had either eight or nine in ours. Mm-hmm. And out of all of them that we watched, there was probably three that like they said original score. But it was like somebody on a keypad. Yeah, like, it was just like a pads. Yeah, there was yeah. no. I mean, you d- you did guitar, vocals. I mean, it was mixed. I mean, it's like 
when you when it first started playing, I was like, oh, okay, like it's this, it's a different version of the song. Mm. And then you started singing, I was like, oh my god, this is you! Like you actually went <laughs> and recorded this. Yeah. Like it's just it's like a whole nother level. And that's another thing. It all goes back to we had a simple concept that was easy to shoot, easy to edit, easy to act out, and then so that way you have all of that stuff. Like we had the edit locked by the time we wrapped shooting last year if you think about it they had yeah. pretty much an edit lock by end of day saturday well, right? we were still shooting sunday morning last year yeah, yeah, yeah last and, and we were we had finished the main i mean we were shooting Your till slack midnight was last like, year i think 10 30 p.m or something where it was like hey edit's finished i'm gonna go home head home so literally yeah. our sunday which is the most supposed to be i mean usually is the most chaotic day and a thing like this was like i had to go out and get like two drone shots dude and then i went to we had, we, i took it casey was, to brunch we, yeah on sunday morning <laughs> before <laughs> i wrote the track we before. went to church in the morning it that. was like we had a whole entire day of the 40 not a whole day but like the entire sunday just to do things like above and beyond yeah like um you know and it was all just extra stuff that now that the film is done i mean we had to color it and stuff and we had to do sound post but we could do the music stuff and we could go out and get extra shots that just made like the scene tighter and better. And um, like just little thing, as opposed to most teams were probably out like shooting ha- the second half of their thing Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then you have like two hours to edit. Yeah. And but, then your dad's just like killing it with the sound. I mean, he was able to do like four sound passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't know the exact number, but right. it was, it was, it was somewhere around there because we were, we were making a couple changes and stuff. Um, so what do you guys think like where do you think we could improve if we do it again next year where do you think we could improve areas of improvement i think like i mentioned the biggest i think we should one. have a dedicated sound guy yeah uh, on on set sound guy mm-hmm. i think from um so like we already said uh last year we um and i'm not like criticizing the year ago version of us but um i think we were kind of over ambitious which is you know it's not a big deal so we intentionally kind of like simplified everything this year like we were talking about um i would maybe kind of like stretch it out a little bit more Mm -hmm. to where maybe our story is a little bit it just has like more of an arc as Mm. than this year's did maybe um, one more location uh two more actors i think we could have benefited it would be a better film if it was just a little bit more complex yeah um because it's it's good and it's like technically sound but now that we kind of have seen both sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. i think we can kind of like settle into like a better yeah. place we kind of like went real extreme from yeah. this extreme to this extreme like a gazillion locations to yeah. two locations yeah. to a gazillion actors like 20 actors to two. two actors yeah now we can kind of we have a gauge of what it feels like to be like okay no this is too complicated now this is too far this is too many we can and then now we've been like, oh, this is almost too easy from I, from a production standpoint. I think casting is another thing I, I thought about, too, was like when I watched that trailer that I told you guys I think could potentially beat ours this year, like the casting is a little more diverse mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, age, race, gender, everything. Yeah. It's more diverse. Ours was three white, no, not three white males, but three males yeah. at the same age, 20 seven or something like that you know or average age 27 chris 30. is uh in his 30s yeah well 
anyway. Um, but, you know, no, and in that I, trailer, if you watch the trailer, like, there's a guy who looks about 60. There's a guy who looks in his 30s. There's a kid. There's, there's a woman. There's, you know. That's always a pet peeve of mine that I think we always kind of fall into where you ever watch, like, network television where it's, like, the hospital show or the police mm-hmm. show and they're all, like, supermodels, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. guys and girls who are just, like, the most, you know, uh, you know, they were like the top of the headshot pile because they're always just really pretty. But like, you're right. supposed to be a, a cop. You're supposed to be a doctor. Like, how is everyone so amazing looking? You're just a forensic scientist. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's... Forensic scientist should be a nerd. Yeah. Hey, how are you 26 in a forensic PhD? You know, like, it's that kind of <laughs> uh, thing that I think it's like, I mean, we fall into that all the time. We just cast our friends and our, you know, people in our age group or, right. to do everything, but... Oh, real quick, what was you, we didn't finish roles? Oh yeah. Oh, you. Oh, I'm done. My with mine. turn. Yep. I um I was the DP, um the director of photography. If you don't know film things, and then I had a, I mean I was credited as a writer, but I really didn't write necessarily. I just kind of like, I came up with a couple little punchlines and little gags. If like, I was more of just like when we were kind of stuck at a scene, I'd be like, okay, what if we did this or something? Mm. Or what if, um, you know, um, so it was that I didn't. And then I didn't edit at all this year. Um, I colored. colored. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That kind of goes with being, I think DP though. It's just kind of like, it's very complimentary. Same, same thing. Yeah. Um, just like writing and directing. Like yeah, it's like you need to have good knowledge of both. (laughs) It's like in your head as you're, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I shot it. Um, I think overall it was really, um, again, because it was so simple, it gave me a lot of time to think about visuals and how everything should be, as opposed to thinking about it on set as I'm setting up the camera and stuff. I was able to do, you know, when we finished the script, uh, Friday night, after we all went home, I kind of went and like storyboarded everything, which was super, not storyboard, but like I kind of outlined like a shot for shot of like, you know, basically outlined every shot of the thing. And so yeah, I, could, I remember seeing you, you posted a Slack at like two in the morning and yeah. I was still awake cause I had drank a coffee at like eight and I could not <laughs> fall asleep. And I, I read through you. I was like, dude, so, someone else is still up too. This is yeah. more, more comforting. And then I finally fell asleep. Thank but that's any, like that whole, I, I did that just not so we could like, you know, stick to the shots, but just so we on set were like, okay, how should we shoot this? Like I was just trying to avoid trying to think of something on the spot that's not going to be as good just so I can kind of like, okay, we're done with this shot. What's the next one? And then pull that out and say, like, okay, it's this. And then mm-hmm. it kind of like jogs my memory of like, oh, okay, well, here's the plan for that kind right. of thing. So that kind of adds to just speeding things up. But mm-hmm. um, technical, technically, like we said, there was no lights, no um, really anything complex. No, gri- Our, no grip stuff. The... We had we had some technical problems on set for sure, but I think because everything else was so simplistic, we had time to deal with the technical pro. Like the whole first scene was really tough to shoot. Yeah. And then we had like, you know, the movie was overheating. Everything was overheating all day. Yeah. But it's coal overheated. Now. Coal overheated. <laughs> he had to sit in the car for a while. Um, and then we had one. The most complex thing was that day for night shot, but that was it. Yeah, and it we I thought that shot it out. awesome. We shot it. It looked fine. like it was really shot at night. 
I mean, it looked like yeah. it was at night. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had a day for night something because we refused to shoot anything at night. Yeah. Because like, it's no, just we were so shooting not complicated. So and it all worked out. We shot it. Um, you know. Perfectly shaded area. Worked. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, that was basically it. What did you do, Brandon? We're almost done. <laughs> we probably got to finish up here real soon. Yeah, we got yeah. like five minutes. Um, and then I just, I guess, I mean, producer, but there wasn't much to produce. It was Cole's car. Both the locations are public property. The town, I mean, it was it was all pretty easy. And then just uh, AD, so assistant direct, which basically just like keeps track of time and making sure that we're getting everything we need in the time that we had and trying and i think we wrapped like i think i had us call at six and i said we'd be done at like 5 30 and i think we like wrapped at like 5 32 mm-hmm. so i was mm-hmm. like all right i did my job and you were also yeah. i don't maybe you just said this you, audio um oh yeah that big, was yeah i was mm-hmm. literally i boomed everything right so i was like <laughs> like attached to the like the camera the whole day that's how like, you know it's a small and, set when the when the producer is running audio but and but that's, like, that's an independent that's an independent film right there i know but i mean like <laughs> And then just going back to like the boom, like I'm so glad that, like you were just like, no, we need to do boom, we need to boom. like next year. I'm like, no, screw lapels, like no, we're just gonna I have like hate we're gonna have like two dedicated like boom operators because so it sounded so much better. Yeah, but there's that scene in the car just for a little inside trivia. Maybe I'll put it up like in the corner or something while we're talking about it. But um, in the car when it shows Jones and Hightower driving, you uh, what you don't see is directly behind them me and frank's like in the fetal position in the back seat of the car looking at the monitor and you know and brandon is in the trunk of the jeep doing the same thing but with audio equipment and headphones (laughs) so it's like in for two hours and we couldn't run the ac we couldn't run the ac because it messed you could hear it in the microphones oh that's awful and it was literally about 100 degrees that day is one of the hottest weeks of the year yeah and um i got a freaking heat rash and still suffering and so all of that like us kind of like hiding in our little windows of, of blockage where we can't the monitor broke down like i said earlier so we can't see am i out of the shot like yeah. we just have to guess and he's just over there listening just trying to like help the actors with lines yeah and, but anyway okay guys i'll never ride a car scene again <laughs> i'm well, i heard you loud and clear Gosh. well and and i think i know we need to end this but i think like if we're talking about what we could do differently, it was the Thursday morning, the day before we were going to do that, that I think we actually decided and was <laughs> like, who wants to do it? Mm-hmm, because yeah. I originally was like, I don't want to do it. And then I talked to Kristen and I was like, hey, I think they're going to do it. I feel like I just, I feel like I want to be a part of it. Yeah. And she was like, totally fine. Like, go for it. Mm. And so we didn't like, if if we <laughs> if we decide to do it next year, Let's plan a little let's more. Let's just like, yeah. hey, yeah. let's actually like lock down, like call some places mm-hmm. and get approved in just in case and, and call other people get and get Justin to yeah. do audio, you know, and, and because he said he would like, yeah, he told me he would let us borrow his bag next time. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, well, let's just make up our mind, guys, next time. Yeah, that's it. So, well. Franks, thank you for joining. Thank yeah, you for first guest. directing so, our short film and making it awesome. So, Franks, if you had to describe this episode and our short film in one word, uh, what what word would you would you use? 
when you looked at the word neato, was that like my cue? Like, <laughs> was that like my, uh... <laughs> I mean, you say what you want to say. Say what you want to say. Say what you want to say, but. But keep our branding in mind. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. How would you, this is just our clothes every week. How would you describe <laughs> your time today on, on, on the show? It's pretty good. I would say about 10 minutes ago, I had some pretty rum, uh, <laughs> pretty <laughs> tough stomach situations happening. But you stuck it through. I, I yeah. Just kept my game face going. Yeah, there you go. Dug my foot in the sand. So I'm going to go to the bathroom now. All right. So this, he didn't say Nito. This has been Nito. Nito. Do we want to tack it to point at the camera? You guys-